I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And welcome to Doppelgangers. Today, we are talking about season one, episode nine of the Vampire Diaries, which is called History Repeating. And boy, does it. That is a great name for it. I forgot the name throughout it, but it's interesting with a new history teacher and also getting Jeremy into history and getting Bonnie into history and really getting quite a few answers about some things. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of answers and a lot of characters got answers too. But I'll read, of course, the Vampire Diaries wiki synopsis. Jeremy gets a break from the mysterious new history teacher, Alaric Saltzman, and introduces Alaric to Jenna. Bonnie is having terrifying dreams about one of her ancestors. Despite Elena's efforts to smooth things over, Bonnie and Caroline continue to argue over the medallion. When the girls hold a seance to help them decide what to do, the results are stranger than any of them expected. Matt comes to Caroline's aid when she needs a friend. Damon finally reveals to Stefan the stunning reason he has returned to Mystic Falls. A lot happened. This episode moved by very fast. Like, mm-hmm. pretty jam-packed episodes. And they're all fun to watch. But this one, like, we were at a montage point, And I was like, well, a montage would be the end of the episode. And we can't be there. And we were. <laughs> These episodes fly by. Well, we're learning a lot. This was just jam-packed beginning to end. So let's dive in. We open this episode in math class where they're learning geometry. I don't care. Bonnie's falling asleep (laughs) and so am I. (laughs) She's like yawning. She puts her head down. She looks up. There's a shadowy figure walking in the hallway. Bonnie goes out into the hallway and follows her. And then the shadowy figure leads Bonnie into the forest by some ruins near what we can assume to be near the old cemetery. I mean, yeah, you see a couple like gravestones, uh, headstones and stuff. Yeah. And Emily could not be. Well, I guess we don't know it's Emily yet. Yeah. Well, at this point, we do. By the time we get in the woods, we've seen enough of Emily that we know it's her. She's wearing that plaid dress that we saw in the photo. And she looks very much like a ghost. (laughs) Yes. We've seen her a couple times. We saw her at the very end of last episode. She's wearing that same outfit. She's looking just as ghostly. We know it's Emily. We're familiar with her look at this point. And she says a very ghostly line in which she says, help me. Yes. And then Bonnie says, like, where are we? And she's like, this is where it started. And this is where it has to end. Mm -hmm. And then Bonnie wakes up and she's in class and she gets a dirty look from one of her classmates. And Bonnie's like, what are you looking at? Look away, which is iconic. It's funny. And then Bonnie turns like to her other side and Emily's next to her in class. And then she wakes up again. This time she's in the woods by the old Salvatore tomb like she was at the end of last episode. So. A little bit of inception going on. Yeah, a lot of a lot of dream energy. And I'll say this for Miss Emily. If you really want some help, maybe don't look so creepy. Maybe come with a little bit like softer energy. It might be better received. To play ghost's advocate. <laughs> I don't think she thinks she's being creepy. She comes from a time when she has to be very put together. She's a handmaid for, you know, a wealthier young woman. And she's wearing a white dress. Like, she's not trying to look ghostly. We're just putting that on her. That's not fair to Emily. She's just being herself. But it just comes across as creepy because oh. she's just popping up. But what else can she do? I agree. I don't think she's, I don't think there's anything she could do to make her not look creepy. It's just. And also, I I think she knows that like the time is nigh. The crystal is out. She's got to deal with this. And she's like, okay, we kind of have to, like, I have to get you on my team before like Damon figures something out. Well, yeah. And she knows that Damon knows the crystals there. So she's like, we got to get things moving. Yeah. I don't have time for subtlety. So I guess she must have shocked Damon from inside the crystal somehow. 
Sure. I think that's a fair assumption. I think the crystal is just spelled. Yeah, I guess. So she makes it so that, I don't know, whatever, a vampire can't do anything with it. But it also shocked Caroline. I don't know why I'm so concerned about why it shocked them. I guess I thought that would have more meaning than it does. It's magic. That's why. That's the meaning. Fair enough. There are some things you just have to accept, like it's a spell. That is the issue of watching these episodes too closely as I'm looking for too many clues. And sometimes it's like, you just really didn't need to ask a question about that. It shocked people because it's magic is your answer. Yeah. So then we cut to outside the school. Elena and Caroline are talking and Caroline's basically like, I'm still mad at Bonnie. She needs to make the first move. She stole my necklace. It's a matter of principle. And Elena tries to defend Bonnie, but mostly she's like, I'm going to stay out of this, which honestly, smart move, because it's a conflict that there's really no right side to. Because again, it's really neither of theirs and they're fighting over it. Yeah. And it's just, it's not with the energy. Elena does, you know, she learned a lot of this from Stefan and Damon. Elena does know that meddling doesn't really help. Getting in the middle of something isn't necessarily going to have good results most of the time. Well, I mean, she meddles later though. Like she knows that's the right move, but she still does meddle. But at least she's like somewhat aware that staying out of it would probably help a little. Yeah. Caroline asks about Stefan and Elena's like, oh, Stefan's avoiding me. And then as they're having this conversation, Matt walks by. And we remember from the last episode, Matt stayed over with Caroline when she was having um, kind of an emotional breakdown. And he says, hey, and then he just keeps on walking and walks right away. And Caroline is obviously not happy with that reaction. And you know what? Neither am I. Yeah, he says, hey, and then looks away and like he picks it up a little bit. Maybe I was reading into that, but I thought he was picking it up a little bit. Yeah, it wasn't his best move, which I think as we move on, I think he's just kind of a little odd. But well, I think he did feel awkward about it. But still, it's like, did he think that he was playing it off? I don't know. Did he think Caroline wasn't going to be like, hey, he acted weird just then? Yeah, exactly. So then we cut to history class we finally get the first appearance of matthew davis who is an actor best known for his role as warner huntington iii in legally blonde i'll be straight with you i did not know his real name i was just gonna call i've been calling him warner huntington iii the whole time and it, well, i looked it up on imdb when i watched it Fair. i specifically told stephanie she wasn't allowed to know this man's name because <laughs> his name is alaric saltzman which is a very odd name. So I've been telling Stephanie, don't look it up. Don't look it up. I don't want you to know his name. But obviously she's kind of seen some Vampire Diary stuff. She had a couple guesses for the name. Do you remember what your name guesses were? I do remember a couple guesses because, you know, I've seen a couple TikToks and Explore Page stuff because the algorithm is listening to me. So it knows I'm talking about the Vampire Diaries. It knows I'm watching it. And also when Grace was talking to me about it before I even started watching So I vaguely remember one TikTok and the name in that might have said Enzo, but it might have said Matt. So that was one guess. And that was a weird enough name. I'm also nailing down to names that are like kind of goofy or like unexpected Mm -hmm. for Warner Huntington III to be named. The other name, I remembered that I was pretty sure someone on the show was named Klaus. And I said to Grace, oh, I, I said, a country reminded me of this. And when I say which country, you'll be able to guess if I'm right. And so I said Germany and she said, oh my God, does she know this name? And then I said, it's Klaus. And she was like, oh, and obviously his name isn't Klaus. But he does mention that Saltzman is a German name. So I did kind of throw her, keep her on the edge of her seat there. Yeah, (laughs) I will say, we'll talk about this when we get there, which is a ways away. 
But there was a particularly funny reason that you thought Alaric's name might have been Klaus and TVD stands in the audience will know what I'm talking about. And I can't wait to get there. Well, so he's connected to him somehow. I mean, I have no guess. Everyone. I mean, everyone's connected in a certain This point. is a lesson about the Vampire Diaries. And this is true of any Supernatural show or actually any teen drama. Pretty Little Liars is the same way. The more seasons you get in, the deeper the history has to go to allow for more characters, more development. They've let out this show with like founding families and laying this like very rich history of like all these founding families being in town at the same time and kind of all these generations after. So it kind of makes sense that those connections are only going to get deeper. Yeah, you can imagine that characters who are alive for more than 100 years, they've got connections all over the world. Let's say that. And that's what I'm just going to say. It was very telling that Alaric did not come face to face with any of the other vampires on the show this episode. Mm -hmm. I think that was, you know, felt coincidental to them, but I think was very purposeful by the writers because I'm going to guess he's a familiar face. This is our first time meeting Alaric. First impressions of Alaric from this first scene. Well, obviously he's cute. Yeah. Let's just leave with that. He gave a very quick and dirty history of his life. I thought a lot of information to give to your high school class, but who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, saying my name is Alaric Saltzman. Saltzman is like German origins. But my family came to Texas. I don't remember what year. And then he said, and I grew up in Boston. And then he's like, oh, and my name is Alaric. It's a, no, it's a weird name. I know you might want to say Alaric, which is how I first pronounced it when I read it. So he did call me out on that. But he's like, so you can just call me Rick. And I'm like, okay, that's somehow worse than Alaric. <laughs> and also weird to not ask your students to call you Mr. Saltzman. Those are my first, first thoughts. <laughs> Great. Again, you mentioned we don't see him come face to face with Stefan and Damon. Stefan is absent from history class. This is just our quick introduction when history class. And then right after we cut over to the Salvatore house where Stefan is with Damon. And obviously there's some residual tension uh, because as we all remember, Damon killed Stefan's best friend. <laughs> And they're kind of doing a bit where Stefan is pretending to be Damon and Damon's pretending to be Stefan. I love the impressions. Mm -hmm. Damon is doing a much better job of it than Stefan because Stefan's not quite as fun. And I, one of the lines that really stood out to me was that he was like, oh, I'm Stefan. I'm forehead brooding, which I thought was very funny. So Damon basically apologizes for killing Lexi. I mean, he kind of does it not so like deeply. He's like, look, I'm sorry, but it was for the greater good. We got the town off our back. Yeah. He's basically very cavalier and he's like, you know what? I'm going to do you a favor. I'm not going to feed on humans for a week. I think that's pretty nice of him. He didn't follow through, but I thought it was nice that he even offered to considering like it's there don't seem to be many reasons why you would do that, if you ask me. Yeah. So this is a classic Stefan Damon scene where Stefan is mad and Damon is joking. And Stefan's like, I just wish you would tell me what your plan is here. And Damon's like, nope, um, <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Wait 20 minutes. So we cut over to Bonnie and Elena and they're talking about the nightmare we saw of Bonnie's earlier. And she drops the fact that the place where she was in the dream was the remains of old Fell's church. Real heads will remember Fell is one of the founding families, yeah. as in Logan Fell. Yeah. And we also remember that the Battle of Willow Creek ended with a bunch of people being locked in a church and set on fire. So we're starting to put those pieces together. Let's say that. I didn't put that piece together. I was very convinced on I was I was really on the Logan thread with Old Fells Church, but obviously we we got there. Well, we put that piece together later in the episode. And I guess where it started where it ended, where it should end. But yeah, we, we do get there. I wasn't there yet, is all I'm saying. <laughs> and she says she's been having nightmares like this for a while now, ever since she got the necklace, and that she always sees Emily in them. And Bonnie's like, you know, I think I'm being haunted by a ghost. Bonnie and Elena are both a little hesitant to believe 
believe that ghosts are at play here, even though Elena's aware of witches and vampires. Do you think ghosts are out of the question? Yeah. It's not like totally un- inconceivable. Where are you drawing the line, Elena? I think if I were Elena, I'd be like, okay, I already learned about vampires, I learned about witches, fucking whatever you tell me, I'll believe. I guess to be fair, Bonnie's like, do you believe in ghosts? And Elena's like, two weeks ago, I would have said no, but yeah, that's true. Now I'm not sure. And basically they put together, you know, Bonnie's like, my ancestor, Emily, she was a powerful civil war witch. I think she's using the necklace to contact me. And Elena's like, why don't you ask your grams about it? And Bonnie's like, Grams is going to tell me to embrace it. And I don't want to do that. Yeah, Bonnie's like, and I don't want to do that because it's fucking scary. (laughs) Which I feel. So then we cut to Mr. Saltzman's classroom. He's having lunch. And Jeremy's like, hey, you want to see me? And he's like, yeah, come on in. So your old teacher, Mr. Tanner, rest in not peace. Yeah, don't rest. No peace. Yeah, don't rest. No peace. He said, you know, he had a jackass file, which he typed a label for. What a fucking loser. Yeah, I guess he didn't have time to put Stefan in the file. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he didn't know him that long. (laughs) And basically, this file is an opus to Jeremy, which honestly, what's there to say? He skips your class. Yeah, yeah, I think Jackass is overstating it, especially because we're meant to believe that before his parents died, he was fine. So you have like two months and you build a whole file. Like, get a fucking life. Yeah, Tanner hates Jeremy for no reason. Fuck that dude. And Alaric agrees. Alaric is like, I'm going to throw this out. Um, You have a clean slate. And he's like, but how do you feel about grades? And Jeremy's like, look, I had a really rough time, but I'm doing better. And Alaric's like, I noticed that, but we're halfway through the semester. And if you fail half of the semester, that still brings you down quite a bit. Yeah. So do you want to do some extra credit? And Jeremy said, absolutely, I do. And Alaric says, why don't you write a paper about local history? No Wikipedia, but pick any topic. And (laughs) Jeremy's like, deal. And then Jeremy spots a very gaudy, old-timey ring. And Alaric says it's a family ring. What do you make of this ring? I mean, he's obviously a vampire. I, I mean, I, you know, before he came on the show, I was like, he's got to be a vampire because he's he's too cute to be a human. And the ring was just, you know, OK, that was enough proof for me. We got more proof later. And I think he approached it well, because unlike Stefan or Damon, well, maybe Damon did something like this. But Jeremy said, oh, that's a great. ring." he's like, yeah, it's a little garish, but it's a family heirloom. So what can you do? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, he's a vampire. That's all there is to it. Then we cut over to Caroline and Matt. They're walking by and he says, hey, again, and tries to walk away and speed off. This time, Caroline doesn't let him get away with it. Yeah, Caroline says, oh, no, 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 no. She's like, hey, come here. Why do you keep saying hey to me? It's very, it reeks of awkward subtext is what she said. There was cuddling, like, and then you snuck out before I could even wake up. And it's just like really lame of you to pretend that nothing happened. And she was like, you know, I may have been insecure after this party, but like, I'm not gonna let you push me around and treat me like trash. And her heart's in the right place. Unfortunately, Matt is too dumb to mess with her. He's like, I literally left because your mom was coming in, who is, need I remind you, the sheriff of this town. The sheriff thing is not really a good point. Like, I guess because she's strict, but like, yeah, it's not illegal to be at your friend's house. Well, no, but because she's strict. That's a good enough reason. Well, I think it just underscores the fact of like, not only was your mom there, she's the sheriff. And Caroline was drunk, which she also knows. That's true. So like, it doesn't paint him in a good light. I don't know. I still think like, he was still kind of ignoring her early in the day though. And maybe it was him being too stupid, but it felt palpable. Well, yeah, I'm not saying, I think he felt awkward. I don't think he's playing a game for sure. I mean, I think he's just being awkward and it comes across as rude. I mean, obviously this is an excuse he's making, but he's basically, 
basically like, yeah, I felt awkward because your mom was coming in and I've said hey to you every day since first grade. He's not owning up to the fact that he did feel awkward because there were sparks flying, which we'll get to later in their later conversation he addresses. My point is, he's not playing a game. He's just not handling it well because he's kind of dumb. I think it came across as rude that he wasn't being honest, even though he probably was just being dumb. I'm just mad at him. Well, I think he was just avoiding it on purpose. He didn't want to have the conversation because he felt weird about it. He felt awkward. Yeah, because you kind of were like, oh, well, Caroline's heart was in the right place, but what well, he's just kind of dumb. I thought she was right in what she was saying. I think she's right about what she's saying, but she's right in a different way. She's coming at him for playing games when she should be coming at him for not admitting things. He's not purposely hiding things. I think he just hasn't really reckoned with it yet. Yeah, I guess that's true. Matt leaves this conversation basically being like, it's lame that you're trying to read into everything, which of course she is. I don't know what he expected. And you did spend the night in her bed. So like, yeah, she's going to read into it. That's happens when you spend the night with a girl who's feeling very insecure. Like, let this be a lesson. So then we cut over to Stefan and Elena. Stefan's waiting for her outside of the school. He was absent all day. And she goes up to him and she's like, hey, um, I've been worried about you because you were absent. He said, yeah, sorry, I want to talk to you, but I didn't want to talk over the phone. She's like, well, you could have texted me that you didn't kill your brother. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't kill him. He's like, yeah, he has you to thank for that. And she's like, whatever. She's like, okay, get to the point. <laughs> but what he really wants to talk to her about is he's like, I'm not going to come to school anymore. I'm going to keep my distance from you. It's like better that way. And she's like pissed off, obviously, because she's like, I would like to spend more time and talk about it. And he's like, no, I don't want to do that. And she's like, that's so rude that I don't even get a say. And he's like, you know what? Good. It's better if you hate me. He literally gave her like four days to come around on this like life altering news that he was a vampire. And then the fifth day he was like, fine, I'll go. And it's like, she's ready now. It's like, I just came around. Like she finally was able to deal with it. And now you're like, time to bow out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we cut over to Bonnie and Damon. Damon's chasing Bonnie down after school because as we know, he wants the necklace. And she's like, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And he's like, listen, you've stumbled into something you do not want to stumble into, okay? I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to protect you. I'm going to get Emily off your back. And Bonnie's like, <laughs> yeah, this piques Bonnie's interest. She's like, how do you know about Emily? And he's like, listen, I know a lot of stuff and I know a lot about that crystal. So that's why I want it back. And she's like, still not convinced to give it to him, even though she wants it gone. She doesn't really trust him with it. And he's like, you know what? Next time you see Emily... Tell her that a deal's a deal. So then Bonnie and Elena are driving in the car later. And Bonnie's like, Damon is bad news. He really scared me. And Elena's like, yep, you got the right read on him. Stay away yeah. from him. She's like, you know what? I don't feel safe with you being at home tonight. You should come to my house. We'll make a night of it. And Bonnie's like, yeah. And then she pulls over and she throws the necklace into a field. You know, I get her push here because I do think she doesn't want Damon to have it. Yeah. Damon wants it too bad for it to be for a good reason. Yes, totally. So I get that. I get that she doesn't want it. She doesn't want Damon to have it. So that in theory makes sense. But it's pretty established that this crystal is magical. So do you think it's staying in that field? But I'm also watching this as a TV show. It's the same thing on a TV show where if someone like falls off a bridge and we don't see a body, I'm like, well, that person's alive. Yeah. Like, I would not necessarily feel as strongly about that in real life. Yeah, if I saw a human fall off a bridge. I would prefer to see a body, to be sure, but I wouldn't be pushing it as hard. Whereas on a TV show, I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, as a TV audience, it's like that necklace is coming back. We know that. And then we cut over to the grill where Jenna and Jeremy are hanging out. It's nice to see them interacting and like Jeremy being a little more part of his family. Yeah, now. their relationship is getting better, which is good. Mm -hmm. And Alaric is having lunch alone. And Jenna is just checking Alaric out. And Jenna is just saying, hubba, hubba. Jeremy's like, I mean, I can introduce you. He is my teacher. And Jenna's like, nope, I'm swearing off men forever after Logan. 
but I can observe from a distance. How do you feel about the possibility of a Jenna Alaric coupling? I really want Jenna to have a a man. Um, Not that any woman needs a man, but I really like Jenna and I want to get to know a character more. And, you know, obviously Alaric's beautiful. So I think they'd be a fun little couple. Not that everyone should be dating vampires. Plus, I'm not convinced he's not evil. Fair enough. Because again, I think there's a reason he hasn't interacted with Stefan or Damon yet. Because I do think they somehow know each other. Mm -hmm. But I like to see his character and I like to see Jenna going for someone who is leaps and bounds hotter than dumbass Logan. Yeah. So I I like it as of now. So then we cut over to the Gilbert house. Stefan's checking in with Elena because she told him kind of about what's happening with Bonnie. Bold of Stefan to be like, you need to leave me alone and then show up to the Gilbert house or whatever. Them trying to stay away from each other was always going to be doomed. But we knew that yeah. because obviously at this point, they're a central couple. Bonnie waits inside and Elena fills Stefan in basically on what happened. Damon threatened her about the necklace. She's like, it has to do with one of Bonnie's ancestors who lived here during the Civil War. And then as, as <laughs> Elena says it out loud, she's like, okay, wait. Wait a second. You lived here during the Civil War. She's like, which is when you lived here. Yeah. Like she just connected that. I mean, she hasn't been connecting anything with Bonnie to having anything to do with Stefan and Damon. Because why would she? They're two different things. So it's like she understood that was Civil War and that was Civil War. But I don't think until she said it out loud, did she think they were here at the same time? And it's also, you know, a lot to handle, like dealing with vampires and then also getting all this Civil War history all at once. Like, yeah, she's learning a lot. I'm being overly judgmental because obviously I'm looking for these connections. Yeah. So then Stefan's like, yeah, that ancestor's name is Emily. I knew Emily because she was Catherine's handmaid. I made the connection when we had our dinner party and Bonnie mentioned that she had family that moved here from Salem. He's like, so that's when I knew that Bonnie was related to Emily. Yeah. So clearly the vampires like or the Salvatores at least know about witches, which wasn't fully clear. Yeah. And Emily gave the crystal to Catherine. Yes. Which immediately made me think, maybe not get a good crystal. I don't trust Catherine. Yeah. <laughs> So Stefan's like, yeah, it was Catherine's crystal. I don't really know why Damon wants it. But Stefan's like, I'm going to figure out why Damon wants that crystal. And Elena's like, yeah, do that. Yeah. And Elena's (laughs) like, great. And then we check back in with Jenna and Jeremy at the grill. And Jeremy's talking about his extra credit paper, that it's a local, that it's local history. He's not sure what his topic's going to be yet. And Jenna's like, oh, well, that all works out because you've got all your dad's stuff, all the Gilbert stuff about how we came over on the Mayflower. Your dad was obsessed with family history. This is another interesting thing of timing wise, because, you know, the Salvatore story really starts with the founding of Mystic Falls. Mm -hmm. But some of these other families were here long before that. Just kind of interesting. When you also said last week how you thought maybe Damon compelled away more than he let on. But Jeremy seems to know about his dad. So do you still think that? Well, he seems to know about his dad. That doesn't mean he doesn't think his dad died in a more palatable way. Because at first I was like, does he not know about his dad? Obviously that didn't happen. But there's been a big change in Jeremy's attitude. So you stand by your theory. I stand by my theory. And then lucky for Jenna... Alaric approaches the table and Jeremy's like, oh, um, Mr. Saltzman, this is my aunt Jenna. Uh, Jenna, this is my new history teacher, Mr. Saltzman. And he's like, call me Alaric, whatever. Ha ha ha. They make eyes at each other. Jeremy clocks it. He's like, come on, man. Jeremy's like, can we go home? <laughs> Jeremy's like, I do not want to be here anymore, actually. So then we cut over, I guess, across the grill because it's Damon yeah. and Stefan and it's the one restaurant in town. Damon's having some bourbon. Oh, He's got the whole bottle next to him. Yeah. 
bourbon is a very big thing for these boys going forward. I was going to say obviously, but this isn't obvious. Ian Somerhalder and Paul Wesley have a bourbon line. I did know that. Yeah, it's called Brothers Bond. It's based on this. And I sure would love to buy some, but it sells out really fast. If you want to support us with money on Anchor, that's where the money is going to go. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the, the impression bit is still going. Yes. When we get here. So we're doing this again, which some are funnier than others. The thing is, I think Stefan's impression is funny because Damon has gives him more to work with as a character. But Damon's funnier than Stefan. I just feel like Stefan is it's coming from a mean place where he's like making fun of Damon, like having fun with his life. Whereas Damon is like, oh, I'm sad all the time, which is a good read on Stefan. I guess that's also kind of mean, but still. I disagree. I think Stefan's got the fun in it. I think he's meeting Damon where he's at because he needs to endear himself to Damon. And that is a little mean. Damon can take it because he's been dishing it this whole time. I guess it's just, I think, because it's so obvious that Stefan, like, has an ulterior motive because he's so mean to Damon all the time. Damon is at least, like, charming and funny even when he has an ulterior motive, which is all the time. Whereas Stefan is, like, like ignoring Damon and then he'll be like, hey, brother. And it's like, okay, that's fake. I think you just like Damon because Damon's been pretty mean to Stefan. He killed his best friend. But he had to. It was for the greater good and that was for Stefan. I know, but like, don't act like Damon hasn't done anything to Stefan. Well, no, Damon has been mean, but like he's always come in like, I'm mean and this is like the thing. And Stefan knows that. Yeah. But when Stefan is mean to Damon, it's a lot deeper cuts. But Stefan will come be like, well, Catherine never loved any of us. And it's like, okay, well, that was a lot to just throw at. Stefan really doesn't know how to balance things. Like he's either way too intense or way too mean. Well, he's testy. He's not eating well. Well, and I think this is also colored by, you know, Stefan has really seen Damon's return to Mystic Falls as like there to destroy Stefan. And it's clear by the end of this episode, that was not his purpose there. Mm-hmm. It's not Damon's fault that Stefan wanted to date a lookalike. So Stefan's like, oh, what's with the bottle of bourbon? And Damon's like, I'm trying to curb my cravings. I'm trying to keep a low profile. Stefan's like, oh, you want to keep a low profile? How about you leave town? <laughs> not subtle. Damon's like, whatever. You're trying to keep an eye on me. Leave me alone. And Stefan's like, oh, I'm not here to keep an eye on you. And Damon's like, then why are you here? And Stefan, you know, grabs the bottle to kind of signal like, okay, I'm being fun right now. I'm being your brother. Cool stuff. So then we cut over to the Gilbert house where Elena has invited Caroline over to her sleepover with Bonnie in a way to kind of like resolve the conflict. Elena knows the power of a good dinner party or slumber party to heal wounds. Yes, it is tense when we get there. And Caroline is basically like she's Caroline's the bigger person. And she says, okay, Bonnie, I'm sorry that I was so mean to you when you stole my necklace. And you can keep that ugly ass necklace. And Bonnie's like, would you hate me if I threw it away? And Caroline's like, yes. And they're like, well, (laughs) weren't you just going to give it to Damon? Caroline doesn't answer that question, but she does say screw Damon. She's kind of past that Damon stuff. So they kind of move on from this. The tension is a little bit cut from this conversation. And Caroline's like, okay, let's do manicures. Let's go get our manicure kits. (laughs) Exactly. And so she goes to grab Bonnie's kit from the bag. And she says, Bonnie, why are you such a little liar? The necklace is in your bag. And Elena and Bonnie are shocked by this. So Elena's like, no, I promise you she's not lying. I saw her throw it in a field. And Elena and Bonnie like look at each other and they're like, it was Emily, it was Emily. And Caroline's like, what are you guys talking about? She's like, you guys always do this to me. You always leave me out of conversations. And mm-hmm. Elena's like, no, we don't. And Bonnie says, Yes, we do. Caroline, you don't listen, so I don't tell you things. So then in the heat of this argument, Bonnie tells Caroline that she's a witch and Caroline kind of jokes it off and Bonnie gets mad. And I do think this is very unfair because 
Bonnie and Elena are prejudging Caroline's reaction before they even give her a chance to have it. And, you know, Elena feels the high stakes of supernatural creatures. So she believed that right away because she has just been dealing with vampire stuff. And also because Bonnie floated some feathers to show her, like you need to give Caroline some proof or else this is going to seem like a really odd excuse based off this kind of joke you've been making for weeks as to why you didn't give you refused to give her this necklace. Yeah. Bonnie treated the reveal to Elena very seriously, where she isn't for Caroline. And I know that Bonnie couldn't have known that Elena has this vampire knowledge that's making her more receptive to this stuff. But it's like, you're not giving Caroline a chance to be a good friend. And her justification is like, well, Caroline hasn't been taking it seriously. So I'm just going to like say it not seriously. And it's like, well, then why would she suddenly start taking it seriously? So then we cut back to Jenna and Alaric at the grill. Jenna goes up to Alaric and she says, Jeremy ditched me, which Sure, he did. You told Jeremy to leave. <laughs> so she's like flirting. They kind of get to know each other a little bit. She's like, yeah, I'm from here. I left and I came back. This guy broke my heart. She talks about Logan again. God forbid. She just move mm-hmm. on. And then Alaric's like, you think that's bad? My wife is dead. <laughs> yeah. And he gives us a couple little clues here. He says his wife is dead and it's a cold case. Yeah, he said, I got married young Mm -hmm. and then my wife died and it's a cold case. What do you make of this? Well, my immediate thought was he was married to Catherine Mm -hmm. because it seems like everybody's connected to Catherine. I'm not so convinced of that anymore. Yeah. Because I don't think it always needs to be Catherine, although it could be. I'm not taking that off the table because, again, we didn't see him interact with Stefan and Damon. And I vaguely remember them saying Catherine was married. I might be wrong. It could also be a case of his wife was a victim of an animal attack, quote unquote, that never got solved. Perhaps. And then he became a vampire. Or maybe he was the animal attack right after he became a vampire. Mm. Or maybe his wife is a vampire. I keep leaving that off the table, which is very sexist. Yeah, you're like, women can't be vampires. (laughs) Women can only be made vampires by men. Yeah. So yeah, maybe his wife was a vampire and then like she got staked by somebody. I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, either the wife was pre-vampire or post-vampire. I guess those are the only two choices. (laughs) So Good guess. There you have it. (laughs) Another case solved. (laughs) Put me on his wife's case. I'd solve it in a second. Jenna asks why he moved to Mystic Falls. And he said he moved here because of its rich history. He said a change of scenery and its rich history. You read into that at all? I think by rich history, he means the vampires that live here. I think that's the specific history he's talking about. So then we cut over to another corner of the grill. We're spending a lot of time in the grill this episode. And Stefan and Damon are playing darts. And they're kind of like having fun joking around. But basically, the gist of this conversation is Damon doesn't really trust that Stefan's being sincere, which he's not. He's not. (laughs) I wrote down in my notes, brother fun. Though Damon ain't dumb. It's a little poem. (laughs) This is, I mean, this is the eternal problem of Stefan. He doesn't think like his lies or his manipulations through as much. And Mm -hmm. so like Damon's like, you can't just come in here and say we're friends and expect me to just think you're done. Yeah. Well, and Damon has like, you know, he has a little bit of fun with it because he's like, look, my brother is usually booting and mad at me. So I'll appreciate this little fun time with us. But like, I know that it's not realistic or it's not genuine from Stefan's side. Yeah. Damon will play darts. But he's like, I'll still have a little fun drink with my brother. Yeah. 
Plus, you know, Damon must be feeling pretty good because he's getting pretty close to his plan working out in his mind. Yeah. So then we cut back over to the Gilbert house. Bonnie is in a separate room and Caroline comes in and Caroline apologizes for kind of making light of the whole thing. And she's like, you know, I don't really believe in all that stuff, but you do. And that's what matters. So I'm going to support you because you're my best friend and I'm going to listen to you now. Seriously, I'm going to hear when you talk to me. And here's the necklace. And Elena, you can come in. We're done. So yeah, you know, give Caroline 10 minutes to sort out that you just straight up were like, I'm actually a witch. Yeah. And then she's a great friend, of course. Exactly. As soon as they told Caroline, this is very serious for us. She's like, okay, I'm on board. She's like, then it's serious for me too. Yeah. These people all think so little of Caroline. So then Caroline suggests a seance to deal with Emily. Caroline's like, look, you're clearly stressed by this Emily situation. Let's do a seance. We need this info. And Elena and Bonnie are a little bit hesitant about the seance, but they do it. Which I think it's it's probably wise to be a little hesitant about a seance. Probably not the best thing to mess around with when you're aware of supernatural things, but I'm here for it. Well, and also because you like have confirmation that there's a ghost. Like, you know, yeah. someone's following you. So they go up to Elena's room. They sit around a circle. There's candles in the middle. And Bonnie says, like, Emily, you're there. <laughs> and Caroline's like, is that all you got? <laughs> so then Bonnie's like, hi, Emily. Um, We're here to listen. There's breeze. The candles flare up. The windows open. It's all like it just builds on it. And they're like, Emily, can you give us another sign? She does. Bonnie gets scared. The candles blow out. She drops the necklace. And when they turn the lights back on, the necklace is gone. And then we get to cut to a little fun. Stefan and Damon are on the football field at the high school and they're playing catch. And it's really cute. They're bonding. They're doing vampire running. They're tackling. And then they lay and look at the sky. It's so cute and fun for a moment. And it must be fun to play football with, with someone who's actually as fast as you for Stefan. Friday night bites once again. And I put down, they are having fun. Does Stefan have a mean motive? And he does. So Damon lays down. He's like, you know, Stefan, this has been a fun night. We drank and played darts. We played football. And now we're looking at the sky. This has been really fun, but I know you. So what do you want? And Stefan says, you know, I just want to tell you, our love for Catherine wasn't real. She compelled us. It took me years to sort that out. And Damon's like, we're not doing this tonight. Yeah, he's like, we are not going to be talking about that. Yeah. And he starts to walk away and Stefan's like, okay, fine. Time to come out with it. Why do you want Catherine's crystal? Yeah, Stefan <laughs> has no tact. And he's like, okay, you know, I've been nice to you for two hours. So you owe me this. I'm at my limit here. Yeah. He's like, so what do you want with Catherine's crystal? And Damon's like, how do you know it was Catherine's? Emily gave it to her on her last night. I saw her that night and you didn't. And Stefan's like, actually, no. I was the last one to see her. And you can see that does hurt Damon. Yeah, you can see that that affects Damon. But then he turns it around and he said, oh, she didn't tell you she got the necklace then. And then unfortunately, Stefan cuts even deeper with we had other things on our mind. Come on. So Damon is like, OK, fine. I'm completely I'm closing this off. This is not what we're going to do. Yeah. So Damon immediately is like, you know, I can kill you like I could do it. Yeah. Unfortunately, Stefan isn't scared because at this point he knows he's not going to kill him. He's like, just tell me what you're doing here. And Damon starts to walk away. And then he's like, I'm going to bring Catherine back. That's a big reveal. That is a big reveal. How do you feel about that? You know, we didn't really know what this crystal was for, but obviously it was important. It's not clear right at this moment that this is like his master plan for why he's in Mystic Falls, but that becomes more clear. And I think we did see, you know, glimmers of this. Like, I think I said this, that it seems like Damon's love for Catherine was stronger than Stefan seemed to be. Or Damon was less removed from it than Stefan for whatever reason. Well, we'll get there, but it's because it was real. It's interesting that Stefan has spent all this time being like so nervous. Like, what does Damon want to do with me? What does Damon want? And it was not about Stefan at all. 
we go back to the Gilbert house where Emily is doing her little walkabout while the girls are freaking out. The lights are back on. They assume the seance is over, but Emily doesn't agree. Elena immediately assumes that Caroline took the crystal off the floor, which again, come on. Caroline obviously doesn't want it, but whatever. So they are kind of looking for the crystal and Bonnie sees it in the bathroom and she goes in alone and Caroline and Elena see her go in. And once she's in, door slam. Yeah, it's clear that Emily was trying to separate Bonnie out from them. Mm-hmm. And, and she did that. Yeah, so the door slams. Elena and Caroline are screaming. They're freaking out. And you can kind of hear screaming from inside the bathroom as well. Yeah, the lights are flickering and then it just all stops and the doors open and Bonnie's you know, she's got her head in her hands, but she otherwise seems fine. And she says she's fine. Well, she has her head in her hands and then she looks up. I thought it was going to be Emily's face. Mm-hmm. But Bonnie comes up and she's like, oh, no, I'm fine. And it's like, OK, well, that's clearly not Bonnie. <laughs> yeah, you're a little too calm. And of course, she looks up and we see Emily in the mirror as Bonnie walks out. Yeah. So we're, it's clear that Emily has somehow possessed Bonnie. So then we cut back to the high school where Damon's kind of storming off away from Stefan. And Stefan's like, how can you bring Catherine back? Yeah, because this is obviously news to Stefan. <laughs> because Stefan does think that Catherine died in this fire, as we've all thought up until now. And then Damon says, you know, before Catherine and the others were killed in the church, vampires were being hunted one by one in this town. Do you remember that? And Stefan's like, yeah, I do remember that. There was hysteria. And Damon's like, well, I went to Emily to protect Catherine. So she gave her crystal to Catherine for protection while the church burned. And Stefan's like, well, I saw Catherine go inside the church. And Damon's like, there's a tomb underneath the church. And that's where Catherine was with the crystal. And so she didn't die, but she's been desiccating down there. So she's like starving. So, you know, whatever, I have to go get her. But basically, Catherine is safe. And he also mentions that the crystal that the witches have got this power from the comet the last time. Mm -hmm. So that's why he had to, he's doing this now because he had to wait for the comet to come back. Exactly. And that's why he came to Mystic Falls, not to follow Stefan. Yeah. Just because the comet happened to be in town. And Stefan just happened to go there first. He's like, oh, my God, why are you following me? Like, it literally isn't about you, Stefan. Stefan has main character syndrome. And now Damon's like, well, Bonnie has the crystal. But the problem is I promised Emily that I wouldn't kill her family. Yeah, that I would keep her lineage alive. So I can't kill Bonnie to get the crystal. Yeah. He's like, but I need the crystal to get Catherine out. I mean, it's a little unclear how he's going to bring Catherine back with the crystal. I think it's unclear to him as well, but the crystal is step one in this plan. I think his understanding is that he brings the crystal to the tomb after the comet has passed and like maybe digs her out and like she touches it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't think he really has it all figured out yet, but he needs to get the crystal in any case to get to the next step. So now that Damon's revealed kind of this stuff, he's like, you want to go throw some more? (laughs) And Stefan's like, not even a little bit. (laughs) So then we get back to the Gilbert house where Caroline and Elena are talking to Bonnie slash Emily. And Caroline is like, I'm so pissed at you. I can't believe you like faked that whole thing. And Emily, Bonnie is like, like, I must go. Excuse me, please. It's like, okay, girl, I must go back to where it all began. And both Elena and Caroline are like, what the hell? And then and then Elena's like, Bonnie, Bonnie. And then Elena's like, wait a second, Emily. And then Emily turns around and she's like, I have to go. <laughs> she's like, I won't let him have it. It must be destroyed. We can connect. She's talking about the crystal. Yeah. And then she leaves and the door is stuck. It traps Elena and Caroline in. But then Jeremy comes home and he opens it. And he's like, what the hell? 
<laughs> yeah, he's like, what the hell are you guys doing? And then Caroline's like, okay, well, I'm going to go home. Goodbye. Yeah. Caroline's like, I've had just about enough of this. <laughs> exactly. So Elena's like, I better call Stefan. Good call. So she calls Stefan and fills him in basically on everything that happened, that basically Emily said she's going to go destroy the crystal and that based on what Bonnie told her about the dream, it's going to be at Old Fells Church by the old cemetery. And I mean, Stefan should have known this. Elena couldn't have known this. Of course, Damon's going to eavesdrop. I didn't realize they could eavesdrop on phone calls, but I don't know why I didn't think that. So yeah, of course, Damon hears this phone call and he's like, oh no, I will be going to that church. Yeah, so Stefan's like, oh, I'm going to go find her. And he turns around and Damon's already gone. <laughs> Duh. So then we cut to the woods. Bonnie slash Emily is there. And Damon's like, hey, Emily. Um, So we had a deal. I protected your family. So give me the crystal. And she's like, I hear you. Um, I'm sorry, but that's not what we're going to be doing. Yeah, but that's not happening anymore. Things are different now. But anyway, so he tries to attack Emily slash Bonnie and she basically like launches him into a tree and impales him in the stomach. So he's a little stuck on a piece of wood and definitely in pain. So then we get back to the Gilbert house. Jeremy is sitting inside looking at boxes of stuff and Alaric has walked Jenna home. He brings her to the door. They're, you know, still flirting. He's like standing at the door and you hear this like a little sound effect they do when they can't cross mm-hmm. the threshold. And we hear that. Oh, if we needed any more proof, this man was a vampire. I mean, we obviously knew that, but he's like kind of leaning in the door and he's like, Oop! and you hear like a little kind of like a force field. <laughs> yeah. Is what I can describe it as. And she's like, you know what? I'm not going to invite you in because Jeremy's home. And he's like, oh, cool. Some other time. then." And he's pretty cool about it. So Jenna comes in kind of walking on air. And Jeremy really brings her down to size by showing her a picture of her and Logan. You know, they they joke a little bit about her dating Alaric. He's like, don't date my history teacher. And she's like, I'm not dating him yet. <laughs> and so they have fun. She goes upstairs and Jeremy goes back to his research where he finds the journal of Jonathan Gilbert, it says. And it's from 1864. From 1864. What do you think we're going to learn in there? Anything? So confirmed that some of, I mean, obviously we knew the family, the Gilberts were there. Now I wish I had looked at that founder's sign closer for all the names because I'm nervous we're going to see Catherine Gilbert. <laughs> uh, so obviously someone else was there at the time and I'm obviously they're going to be connected somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the Gilberts. So we cut back to the woods. Stefan finds Damon, you know, impaled on a tree and pulls him off, which honestly, Stefan, just leave him there for a couple more minutes until this is done. You don't want to deal with this. And Stefan says, oh, hi, Emily. Oh, hey, Emily. How's it? How- how you been? How are the kids? Oh, yeah. Saved by Damon. And Emily says, you know, these people don't deserve this. They never should have to know such evil. And Stefan's like, evil? Like, he knows Catherine's a bitch, but he's like, evil? I don't know. And then Emily says, I won't let you unleash them. And Stefan says, them? And so it becomes very clear that in order to wake up Catherine, they need to wake up every single vampire that was in that church. Yeah. So Stefan says, like, Damon, is there something you didn't tell me? And Damon's like, ah, it doesn't matter. And Emily's like, in order to save Catherine, I had to save every vampire. They're all in that tomb. So if I save Catherine, I have to save all of them. And I don't really want to unleash that many vampires on this town of innocent people. And Damon is like, look, I want Catherine back. Like, I really don't care. Yeah. And Stefan says, oh, this is about revenge, not love. And Damon says the two aren't mutually exclusive. Obviously, the revenge is an added benefit for Damon because he is mad at them for killing Catherine. Well, and it seems that he's also mad at the town in general for killing like 27 vampires who he views as innocent. And so this, I think, is interesting timing in terms of having human blood, Mm -hmm. because Damon makes a point to be like they killed 27 people like 
for what? And Stefan's like, they weren't innocent. Like they were vampires. They needed to be killed, which Stefan seems to have a lot of hate towards vampires. No wonder he's so depressed all the time. Well, it's clear that Stefan has internalized hatred for vampires, which I think can't be a surprise. Like, obviously he thinks he thinks they shouldn't harm people. And clearly Damon holds the town accountable for it. You have to admit he has reason to do so because this town is obsessed with the founding families. Like the people who live in the town now are the ancestors of the people who killed all those vampires. Well, it seems like these like 10 people made that decision for the whole town. Yes. I think this is interesting because it kind of paints Stefan and Damon's rivalry a little differently. Mm -hmm. It's not just their sibling rivalry. It's not this rivalry for Catherine. It's that Damon and Stefan, like this decision to have human blood runs a lot deeper because Damon is, you know, mad at this town for killing all these people who were at the minimum his friends. Mm -hmm. And Stefan doesn't look at it that way. He's like, we needed to kill these vampires to keep the town safe. And so this actually, you know, brings in some timing thoughts of mine Mm -hmm. that I'm going to go ahead and guess that Damon was turned into a vampire before Stefan. Hmm. Interesting. And that, you know, he had some time to kind of reckon with the fact that I'm going to have to eat humans, but that's part of it. And also this could come from him, you know, not being compelled by Catherine, that Catherine's like, this is just part of what it is. I was going to say, I think that's really what the heart of it is, is the fact that Catherine compelled Stefan, but not Damon. So Damon has love for Catherine. And because of that, any other vampires in town obviously were associated with Catherine. Her relationships with them are to be determined. We don't know how many of them are friends, but we can assume that at least some of them were Catherine's friends. So Damon took the deaths much more personally. So Damon sees himself as like a widow of Catherine almost, whereas Stefan sees himself as a victim of Catherine, that he was manipulated into the whole thing. So any care he had for any of the vampires in that fire, he can see as a manipulation. So he sees them as more culpable for things than Damon does. Well, and it just seems like a fundamental difference in thinking about vampires. That Damon is like, look, this is what we have to do to to live. And Stefan is like, we could live without it. This also makes me think uh, another theory and guess that Damon knew he was turning into a vampire or maybe asked to be turned into a vampire and Stefan, it was not his choice. Because Stefan has this like clear hatred and like he holds on to a lot of resentment for Catherine. In ways that Damon doesn't, and I don't think it's only explained by like that that, that she compelled him to be in love with her. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just painting their brotherly relationship in a very interesting light because their fight and their rivalry really doesn't have a lot to do with each other when it comes down to it. It comes mm-hmm. down to their own personal beliefs about vampires. Exactly. So then also Damon says, this town deserves this. Stefan said, you're blaming innocent people for something that happened 145 years ago. And Damon says, These people aren't innocent and you're fooling yourself if you believe it won't happen again. Do you think it will happen again? I think Damon is right to be worried that it could based on the way he watched the founding families and the sheriff react to the idea that even one vampire was in town. Mm -hmm. The idea that they immediately were like, we need to kill this vampire. Whether it will happen again or not really depends on how many vampires come to the town. But I think Damon is right to fear that the town like has this such a strong desire to like get rid of all vampires. I think I've made it clear through talking throughout this episode. I lean to Damon's side on this. So Emily says, things are different now. I'm not going to free them. And she lights this pentagram in the ground on fire. She throws the crystal into the sky and it explodes. 
And then the fire goes out and Emily is gone. It's just Bonnie. And Damon immediately attacks her. He bites her. Stefan pulls him off and she's alive, but she's definitely dying. Yeah. So Stefan gives Bonnie some vampire blood. She heals. Elena glares at Damon, obviously. And then we really quick cut over to Caroline at home. Yeah. I mean, and we see just the world's saddest couple. Matt sneaks into her window because it was open. Again, everyone in this town has their windows open all the time. He basically says, let's get one thing straight. I never liked you. Yeah, Matt does not approach this conversation well, but he's just kind of a little dummy. So this isn't malicious. Like he's trying to be honest and he just doesn't know how to say it. Yeah. So this is more endearing than the last conversation. I just think he doesn't know how to express himself. And he's also, I think, confused about what his feelings are. He's been friends with Caroline, but he's never like really wanted to talk to her. He's always, I think, known her as like, that's Elena's friend who I kind of have to deal with. And he's like, look, I never liked you. So I was confused, but I liked being in bed with you. And I felt bad for the night you had, but also I understand how you feel. And I've felt the same way. So kind of, they're kind of like kindred spirits. And I think it's bringing them to, and it's bringing them together. I mean, they're obviously developing this interest in each other because of that. I think they just both really need someone to lean on right now. And no one Mm -hmm. else is being that for them. Like, I feel like no one is paying attention to how much trauma Matt has been through. So I think they both just need someone to like support them and so it's a recipe for disaster like long-term couple wise but i think good for them that at least someone is taking them seriously and then we are back in the woods damon is moping and stefan goes up to him and he's like hey sorry and damon's like i just want you to know Catherine never compelled me it was all real for me which we as the audience kind of suspected based on a lot of clues but this is a real confirmation of that and this is the other problem with Stefan and Damon's relationship is they just assume that their experience was the other's experience and that's why they have a rivalry Stefan clearly never even considered the fact that Damon actually had real feelings for Catherine well I do think that Damon thought that maybe Stefan hadn't fully moved on from Catherine evidenced by the fact that Stefan's dating Elena yeah that's true Let's not let's not forget that. <laughs> Stefan's got some nerve. Well, it is like goofy how much Damon made fun of Stefan for like only going after a girl that looked like Catherine when, you know, Damon came back to Mystic Falls specifically for Catherine. So I think you're both up Nina Dobrev's ass a little bit. <laughs> well, but I mean, there's a difference between going back to an ex-girlfriend and dating a girl who looks exactly like your ex-girlfriend. Well, and especially because like Damon went back to Catherine because he loved her and he's like, I want to be with Catherine again. She's loved my life. Whereas Stefan was like, oh no, I actually didn't like Catherine because she compelled me and it wasn't real, but I'm going to date someone who looks exactly like her. Like, what the fuck is that about? Me thinks you haven't really gotten over Catherine, but sure. I don't know. This comes into issues of compulsion, which we'll get into maybe more as the show goes on. You can compel someone to spend time with you, but you can't compel someone to love you. You can compel someone to do whatever you say. And maybe as a human, you can mistake it for love, but you can't like be like, love me. But I think it's worthwhile that, you know, Stefan was 17. So him like wanting to spend a lot of time with someone and doing whatever she say probably read as love to him. Oh, absolutely. I think so. But I do think that it's possible that Stefan... I think Stefan's discounting all of his feelings because, I mean, to his knowledge, she's dead. Like, there's nothing to be done. Well, and he also wants to move on from it, clearly. I think it's very realistic that when he became a vampire and he started noticing all this compulsion, he was like, oh, I must not have loved her because she must have compelled me. But that might have been a way to separate himself from the situation, too, of like, exactly. well, you know, she was compelling me and Damon. It hurt my relationship. She must have been compelling me the whole time. And just be like, okay, great. Compartmentalize that. Throw that box in the back. Exactly. (laughs) And I will not touch that. (laughs) 
And then Damon drops like he'll leave town because of course he will. There's nothing for him if he can't get Catherine. Yeah, that was literally his whole purpose. And Stefan looks a little sad despite himself. And then we cut over to Bonnie and Elena over by the car. And Bonnie's like, what the hell happened? Why am I bleeding so much? And Stefan comes up and Bonnie's scared. And Elena's like, don't be scared of him. He's not going to hurt you, uh, but go ahead and wait in the car. So she waits in the car and Stefan and Elena kind of, you know, they have a little chat. First of all, Elena's like, is she going to turn to a vampire? And Stefan reviews the vampire transition for us. No, she needs to have vampire blood in her system and die. So just keep an eye on her since she's got blood in her system right now. Yeah, make sure she doesn't die. Yeah, don't crash your car on the way home. And then Elena's like, okay, so I'm going to tell Bonnie about vampires. I need someone to talk to. And Stefan's like, fair. (laughs) Stefan's like, "Ah, okay, that makes sense after what we just went through. (laughs) And then Elena's like, you know what? I've been thinking I can be with you. Yeah, you know, it just took me some time to really unpack this and deal with it. But like, I can do this. Like, I can be with you and I want to be with you. And he's like... It's like, no, actually, no, Um, too many people have died. I'm going to leave town. Coming back to Mystic Falls was a mistake. And he's like, so I'm going to head out. And she's like, don't walk away from me, Stefan. And he does. And he just won't even look back either. What an asshole. I'm going to ask, but I know the answer. You think you think Stefan and Damon are leaving town? I think they're not leaving. And I think the reason they're going to stay is a lurk. I think they're going to see him and be like, oh, shit. Got to deal with that guy. So then we have our customary end of episode montage. Elena's crying. Jenna is at the Gilbert house. She looks at the picture of her and Logan. She tears it up. Caroline and Matt are laughing and eating some snacks. Colossal pile of snacks, like mood. Yeah, it's like tortilla chips and chocolate chip cookies. It's all different vibes. And good for them to have a nice normal night. Bonnie just got bit by a, by a vampire and they're sitting eating some chips. Who had a better night? Exactly. They're lucky. <laughs> And Damon is still moping in the woods, of course. What else would he do? And then we see Stefan looking at his diary, and then he throws it and cries. Um, And then we see Elena telling Bonnie about vampires. We assume we don't hear because it's a montage. They're both crying. It's emotional. And then finally, we land again on Jenna at the Gilbert house, and the doorbell rings. And I'm like, oh, my God, Alert came back to talk to her. No, no, no. It is our dear friend, Logan Fell. And he says, aren't you going to invite me in? And that's where we end the episode. So first question, what do you think is up with Logan right now? I mean, that could just be a line to mess with us, but I think he's probably a vampire. But clearly, Damon or Stefan wouldn't have turned him. Mm-hmm. Going to go ahead and put another uh, bit on a lurk. So your working theory right now is that Logan is a vampire and a lurk turned him. Yeah, that just came to me, but I'm going to stick with it. So here's what we learned about Catherine this episode is that at the time that the church was burned down, she and the other vampires in Mystic Falls at the time were put in a tomb under the church and then they dried out. So for whatever reason, we know they couldn't leave the tomb. Maybe they were like locked in. Maybe yeah. the crystal is a key or something. I guess the question is, any changes to your thoughts about Catherine? Now that we know that she could have been brought back to life, I'm not as convinced that this is like, as solidly killing her as Damon kind of is acting like it is. Yeah, there's a lot that remains to be seen. I mean, we don't really know a lot about what this crystal actually did or what how the tomb was created. We don't know a lot about how about Emily's involvement as a witch. Yeah, about the logistics here. Yeah, there's a lot of logistics we don't know yet. Yeah, and Emily, I think, could very well know more about how to bring her out and just tell Damon, like, no, it's over. Because she's like, I don't want the vampires out. And if I destroy this crystal, that's all he knows. 
do you think the destruction of the crystal is the deal breaker that Damon thinks it is? I'm not convinced, but it's because I don't know the logistics of how the crystal was helping because yeah, that's because true. we know that Stefan was like, I'm going to leave Damon in the family crypt to desiccate for a couple of years. For 50 years. And then reevaluate. So there was no crystal involved in that process. He could come back to life without that. So we think it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, Stefan and Damon are still going to be Mystic Falls. I think this is going to be the start of some really interesting character development for Damon because, you know, Damon has been very closed off, like the cooler, like bad boy brother. And I think like now that his plan is essentially put in his mind, whether it is or not remains to be seen, I think he's going to have a rough go of it. And if Stefan thought he was killing people at random before, wait till he's depressed. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> But that's the end of the episode. We've got a lot more coming down the pipe. I mean, maybe new vampires in town. We'll see. The answer seems obvious now, but I'm going to guess Alaric is, you know, baby evil, at least for the start, because I think he's at least like, I don't think he's on the same team as Stefan and Damon. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily Stefan and Damon are like the good team, because I think obviously there's some complications there, which we've been dealing with. But they're more the protagonists. And so I think Alaric is against them. And obviously they are founding family members. And I don't believe Alaric's family is, but I can't keep track of all these names. But you think Alaric knows the Salvators from before this? And you, th- or you think the Salvators know Alaric or some kind of mix of those two? Uh, yeah, I think that's part of the reason he came here. And maybe that's why Alaric would have turned Logan to have a founding family member vampire in his group. Yeah. Just a thought. It's very exciting. We'll see where everyone goes next on this adventure if everyone gets out of the tomb if everyone doesn't if Alaric does something if Logan does something you know if anyone does anything we'll be here to watch it as always share this podcast with your friends whether or not they watch the vampire diaries get them to start there's lots to discuss as you can see the conversation never gets old yeah it goes far beyond the show and remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts slash whatever platform you listen to also follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast where so you can stay on top of the news of new episodes, new little clips, and also just some fun little pictures we may post from time to time. That wraps up this episode. So for now, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.